Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encouraged you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Let's continue um, our Jacob series. Pastor Ryan did an awesome job last week. Give it up for him. One of my favorite characters in the Bible, Jacob, because he was just a mess up. He's just messed up. His family was messed up, too. If you think your family is jacked up, talk to these people, okay? Isn't it amazing that God can use imperfect people for a perfect plan that he has? Like, we don't have to have it all together. You know, God uses imperfect people for the perfect message of Jesus in this world. And if anybody should have been disqualified from this journey, from the from the 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 portion of the Bible that he was presented and he lived out. It was Jacob. Jacob was a mess. His name was supplanter, heel grabber, deceiver. Imagine having the name deceiver in your life. Yeah, it's not appealing, but God used this person to do miraculous things, even through his mess. And as we left the tents, the tents of Jacob and uh, of Rebecca and Isaac, we we know the story last week that um, if you look at a Jerry Springer episode, is the story of Jacob, Isaac, Rebecca, and Esau. I mean, it's a hot mess. Let me just kind of break it through. I, uh, Ryan did an awesome job, but let me at least try here. Okay, uh, we left off Rebecca telling Jacob. That, that he needed to go to his, his relative's house, Laban's house, because his mother told him to do this crazy plan of stealing the blessing from his brother Esau. His dad, Isaac, was blind. So they made up this, this crazy plan. Rebecca said, hey, why don't you go, you know, let's lie to your dad so you can steal the blessing. But here's the thing that you have to understand as well. Before all the, all the deceiving was the deceiving of the man, of a man, but God's plan always prevails. Because if you understand before, it, when, when Jacob was heel grabbing in, in birth, God said, hey, the lesser will be over the, the, the older. The, the plan of God was already there. And sometimes we, we, we get in the way of the plan of God, but the, the plan of God still goes. So we see here that Jacob was, was going to his dad who is his blind. So be careful the people that come to you in your vulnerable state. Isaac was vulnerable. And, and Jacob and Rebekah exploited the father for what they wanted. Have you been there before? Where people know that you're vulnerable, people know that you're probably having a bad day, and they just take advantage of that. They take advantage, and then you go crazy on them, and then they're wondering, why are you going crazy on them? Because you came at me a certain way. So we see Isaac here in a vulnerable state. His, and, and Jacob, they did this whole scheme, and Jacob goes and, and lies to his father. I mean, Yes, Isaac can't see, but Jacob sees his father, and he didn't even have compassion over his father, and he still lied. And said, yeah. Even to the point where Isaac was like, hey, is this you, Esau? He said, yeah. Like, change his voice. (laughs) But you sound like Jacob, but feel like Esau. And they still lied. And then his brother comes from the countryside because he was hunting, and then he gets crazy. It's crazy. Esau realizes what Jacob did. 
and goes crazy crying and wailing, and they, he said, God, the Father, give me a blessing, give me a blessing, and, J, and, J, and, Esau, and, um, and Isaac had to give him a different kind of blessing, but it was a hot mess. To be honest with you, I can kind of say it's probably a generational curse of deceiving, because everybody was deceiving each other. Rebecca was deceiving Isaac. Jacob was deceiving Esau. Jacob was, it, and they're all deceiving each other. See, it was a bad situation. But sometimes, it, can you take this? Because I'm ADD and I'm going to keep on playing with this thing. I'm so sorry. Um, a hot mess, but then the next chapter, we, actually before that, we see Jacob, uh, Rebecca telling Jacob, hey, you need to get out of here. Your brother's going to kill you and all this stuff. But before, if I hear my brother's going to kill me, um, I'm leaving. <laughs> But before that, they, they had this whole thing of, you know, th- their parents saying, hey, um, uh, Jacob, I don't want you to marry this person. I mean, it was a whole section of the Bible where Jacob's just sitting there just having instructions before he leaves. And Esau was in the house. So before that, after that, now we get to the portion of the Bible that we're going to be talking about today. And it's Jacob seeing this ladder coming from heaven in the midst of his journey. Let's give a little bit of context of what we're going to talk about today. Let's talk about in, in um, Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 and 19. I'm going to read here just a little bit so we can understand what we're going to be talking about today. It said, Jacob left Bathsheba and sent to Haran. And uh, when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put under his head, laying down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth and the top reaching from heaven. And the angel of God were ascending and descending from it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are laying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out from the west and to the east and the north and the south. God's people on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and, I, and, and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. Aren't you glad that God is a man of his word? And then it said, when Jacob arose, uh, woke up, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I am not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, the gates of heaven. And early that next morning, Jacob took the stone, which he placed his head underneath, and set it as a pillar and poured oil over it and called it Bethel, though the city used to be called Lutz. See, we have this, this thing that God met him at this place. The first thing I want to talk to you today, what is your certain place? Because the Bible says that Jacob was at a certain place. At first, it wasn't identified what that place was. It wasn't identified that this place was, you know, at, at the end of the story, we see he called it Bethel. 
But now it was a certain place, a place of uncertainty, a place of uncomfortable uh, situation, a place that is unknown. Have you ever been a place in your life where you are uncertain with life? See, Jacob is coming off this hot mess of a situation with his family. His brother's out to kill him, and he comes to a certain place, a place where all the emotions, all the turmoil of life, and you're just sitting in a place, and you are exhausted. I mean, he's already journeyed a little bit away from his hometown, on his way to his destination, running from a thing that he got involved with, And he sits and parks himself at a certain place, a place of uncertainty in life. And let me ask you this. Can God meet us in uncertain places, in uncomfortable places? One can imagine the flood of emotions and feelings Jacob is having at this moment. The fear of loneliness, isolation, excitement for a new journey anticipation. This was one of the most important uh, places and times of Jacob's life. It shaped him from deceiver to eventually become an Israel. See, now this certain place, he was exhausted. Exhaustion in life. Have you been exhausted before? I don't know about you, but just looking the world around us, I'm just exhausted with this thing. Like you're like, I'm trying to protect my family. I'm trying to save them. But sometimes you can't protect them from certain things. And it's like, God, I'm just trying to do the best I can. I'm at a place of uncertainty. I'm at a place that is very uncomfortable. Help me, God. You see that Jacob was doing his normal thing and he just wanted to rest when he was exhausted. But God met him in the place of exhaustion. Let me tell you today that it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. It doesn't matter how exhausted you are. If you look up, he can meet you at your place of uncertainty. But at times we we tend to look at other areas or look at different things or or go to different places or, or different people's and opinions in uncertain times. And that uncertainty becomes our identity because we're not going to the right thing. At some times in your life, God is going to intersect your life and blow your mind. This doesn't happen before. A ladder coming from heaven to earth and the angel sending a, a, going up and down, this was a miracle happening. What if Jacob was only focusing on what he left and couldn't open his eyes on what God was doing in this uncertain time? What is the place of uncertainty in your life? We can go circles and circles in life, but God wants to meet you in the places where you seem the most uncomfortable in. In Psalms chapter 55 verse 22 says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will sustain you. I don't know about you, but sometimes in life I just need to be sustained. Like, it's just, it's the life is just bearing on me, and all I have is Jesus. Have you been to the place where all you have is Jesus? Like, I can't pay this thing out. I can't get the counseling that I need to get over this thing. I just need Jesus. This is where Jacob was. He deceived his whole life for a blessing. He deceived his whole life for a birthright, and he's at the end of it. He achieved his deceiving, but at the end of it, he was still left empty. 
that means you can achieve all you want in life. But if you don't have Jesus in the midst of achieving, you're going to be left in an uncertain place and deciding, hey, what am I going to do with my life? But when Jesus is in the middle, he opens our eyes in uncertain times. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which is a great reward. Your confidence is in him. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, do not be anxious of anything, but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, check this out, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Some of us need to be careful in uncertain times, the decisions we make. Because in uncertainty is where we tend to do some stupid things. In uncertainty, we, we tend to, to, to go to certain things and certain places and certain, and certain people that you know if you were on your right mind, you wouldn't be doing. But uncertainty awakens curiosity. And we, so, we, just, we just mess it up at times. We just mess it. I don't know about you, but I've done it before. See, but when uncertainty comes in our life, what we need to do, our prayer needs to be, God, protect my mind and protect my heart. Uncertainty should not shape, the, the, should not shape our heart or should not waver us in different areas. No, when uncertainty comes in our life, man, my intention goes back to God because I know within myself I'm going to screw this thing up. So I have to put my attention up to what God is doing. This miracle that God is doing in my life, yes, life might be going crazy, but you're breathing today, that's a miracle. So open your eyes to the miracles that God is doing in your life. In uncertain situations, turn your eyes to him. Uncertain places is not your destination, so it shouldn't be your residency. He will meet you in a place of uncertainty. Number two, this is what happened to Jacob. What are you resting on? What are you resting on? It said in a desolate wilderness, Jacob had a significant dream that shaped his life. And he chose a stone for a pillow. He chose a stone. A stone was for him to get comfortable, but it really made him uncomfortable. <laughs> a, a stone. I don't know about you, but if I'm sleeping, I ain't trying to sleep on no stone. For real. This is rough. This is hard. It's a little messy. I took it out of my house, so we didn't clean it. It's, it's uncomfortable. Naturally, in the natural, this is not supposed to make you comfortable. But when I'm sleeping, I want a nice, comfortable pillow. I took the most fluffiest pillow we have. We killed every animal with this thing. <laughs> Let's take a survey. People that when they hit the pillow, they still stay up for a couple hours. Raise your hands. Okay? Jess, raise your hand. Because that girl's watching TV for hours. I'm, how about the people that you put, you get on that bed, and you out in like 30 seconds? 
Because the place, listen to this, a pillow is meant for you to rest in and stay for a while. If I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping a good at least two, three hours. That's why I don't take naps. But this is supposed to, I got the prayer shawl here. This is supposed to keep you for a while. Comfort keeps you for a while. So why did Jacob use a stone? We talked about last week that Jacob was a little wealthy. I mean, his family had a little bit of money. So you couldn't tell me that he doesn't have at least a little pillow or something? But his choice was a stone. Why? Because Jacob knew that this place was not a place for him to stay a long time. It might be uncomfortable for a moment, but my destination is my relatives. But in life, we tend to live in seasons where it's a little bit comfortable. Where God has called you there just for a moment, but you stay for a while because it's a little comfortable. If Jacob had pitched a tent and got it all set up, the place he was staying at probably was a good place to stay. But he knew that if he got too comfortable, he would never get to the place that God had for him. But the stone, what does the stone represent in your life? You have to understand that, yeah, you might be in discomfort now, but it's not your destination. So the discomfort might last for a moment, but it ain't going to be your residency for a long time. Jacob had to be a little uncomfortable to realize where he was going. I'm just preaching too much for you because I'm, I'm just going straight out, going for you. Maybe you're not feeling God. Maybe you're not experienced God in a whole nother way. Maybe you're just too comfortable. This is why you sometimes it's hard for you to come to church on Sunday. Because that pillow is comfortable. I ain't coming at you. I didn't want to come to church this morning. The, the rain, it was like nice and it was cold. You know why? Because that comfort is supposed to keep you for a while. You don't want to live, you go into bed and be like, oh, and not just sleep for a while. You want to sleep for hours. But in life, if we are too comfortable, we're never going to move to the place where God has for us. So Jacob had to use a stone. Jacob had to lay in a place of discomfort and open his eyes to see what God was doing in his life. Comfort will kill your progress. Comfort will kill your progress. Maybe you're too comfortable in the lifestyle that you are living. Oh, but I have it all. I have the money. I have the fame. I don't know about fame, but. But the thing is, is that where God wants you? 
there's too many Christians that are still living in a season where God told you to get up and go already. But it's too comfortable. It's too comfortable. Some of you guys, some of you, God has said, hey, why don't you, you know, start serving at church? Ah, but I like to go in. I like to go out. Are you too comfortable? Some of you are like, you know, Pastor Erica and Pastor Ryan, you know, I know when, you, when you're talking about, you know, giving and generosity, I want that, genero- that, that heart of generosity, but guess what? You know, like, I like that extra money in the bank. Are you too comfortable? Because these are things that naturally we don't want to do. <laughs> Let's just be honest. But when you live a life, I'm not trying to say that you, your life has to be all horrible. But when you're too comfortable, you're going to stay there for a while. When God has called us to move forward. Yes, they hurt you, but you're not meant to stay there. Yes, it was a horrible season, but greater things are for you to come, for you to, in your life. You got to move on. And Jacob knew that this pillow that he decided to have, this rock, was not meant for his comfort, but his discomfort to get up and go. Yes, God was moving in this place. God was experiencing, he experienced God in this place, but it wasn't for a place for you to stay. Some of you are living in uh, things that happened to you a while back, good and bad. I've seen people in church. Oh, back in my day, I used to see people just fall out in the spirit and blah, 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 blah. That's cool. And I was there. But what is God doing in your life now? Are you living on an experience of the past when God is trying to call you to move in the future? Some of us are dealing with situations from the past that we can't move forward in the future. Are you too comfortable even in your bad situations? See, God wants to do something new. We got to get up and we got to go. And number three, what did Jacob had to do? He had to remember what he said. Sometimes in uncertain situations and uncertain seasons in our life, we have to be reminded of who he is and who he is for us. I can't live on my mom's salvation. I, I can't live on my wife's salvation. I, I can't live on the pastor name salvation because I'm not that good. <laughs> Promise you that. Come to a soccer game with us. I'm sorry. I tried. I have to know who God is for me. Jacob, you're a deceiver. Jacob, you are a liar. Jacob, you have lied to everyone around to get what you wanted. But here God has still given you an experience like none other. For you personally. No one was around. It was Jacob. But what did God do in this moment? God reminded Jacob the promise he gave to him years past. Sometimes you have to still be reminded that God is still working on that prayer you prayed years ago. Sometimes in um, in tough situations, when you guys were praying, you didn't understand. But guess what? 
the miracle's here. Well, were there times where like, God, what the heck? But the miracle's here. You, you have to understand. How about this, Eric? Uncertain times when you were deciding, should I do this business? Should I do this? I got to trust God. Guess what? The miracle's still here. You got more opportunities than ever before. Why? Faith. We didn't waver. You know why? Because on uncertain times, we got to remember what God said. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes you have to just stand on his promises. Sometimes you got to stand on his word. And this is where Jacob was. Jacob, you messed up. You're a deceiver. You are running. But nothing can change the calling in your life. Nothing can change his promise that he has for you. The only person that can mess it up is you. God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The promise for Jacob was supposed to be that he, his descendants were, were going to be the east, west. I mean, he was going to be important in this story. The only person that was getting in the way of all of that was Jacob. He couldn't keep his mouth shut. See, 2 Peter chapter, four verse, uh, chapter 1 verse 4 says, but which, uh, which he has granted to us this precious and very great promise, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from corruption that is in the world because of a sinful, sinful desire. God's promises never changes, but your sinful desires can get in the way of his promises. Let me say that again. God's promise for your life never changes. But he's not going to force you to do this thing. We have to crucify our flesh daily to know, God, I need to start walking into what you have called me to do. The only person that can detour the promise is you. Listen to what God told Jacob in this moment. It's such a beautiful thing. We read it already, but, but let's, let's read what he says. There, there above, the Lord stood, and he said, I am the Lord. He identified who he was. I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and, your God, and God of Isaac. Remember, he reminded him of his heritage, of through his line, that eventually Jesus was going to come. I will give you your descendants and the land that you are lying. That's the promise. He said, the place that, the uncertain place that you are in right now, the uncomfortable situation, I promise you this. Your descendants will be taken like the, uh, will, will be like the dust of the earth, and it will spread out from the west to the east, to the north, and to the south. And the people of the earth will be blessed through you and your, and your offspring. He had to be reminded of the promise he was given. 
not only through him, but through his family line. Why did God do this? Because he needed to find Jacob in a place. You ever been in rock bottom? He had to say, Jacob, you're messed up. You did this to yourself. But my promise still stands. If you would get up and you will brush this thing off, not live in condemnation, but take this as your testimony. Yeah, I was a deceiver. Yes, I was a liar. But I can take this and take it and make it the message that Jesus wants in this. I can get up and I can move forward. Then he can give the promises that he has for your life. We can't live in sin. Here's, here's a crazy thing that our culture tells us, that we can live in sin but still have the promises of God. Have you heard that before? Like, it's, if, only if you love people. Yeah, that's part of it. That ain't all of it. Like, sin is bad. Like, when we grew up, it was so bad that it, make you, it scared you about it. I was more scared of hell than anything. That can go bad in religion. But the reality, the principle of it is sin is still bad. And sin tries to separate us from an all-loving God. But God, through his mercy and through his grace, he died on the cross for us, for us, to be, for us not to live in this sin. And yet we all fall short of his glory at times. But I'm here to tell you that you can't be actively in sin and expect his promises. This is not a popular thing. You, you can't. We can try to put mud over it and try to, we try to make it look super nice, but the reality is you will not inherit the kingdom of God living in active sin. We have to crucify it daily. Daily, hourly, by minute. Right now, God help me. It's not about being perfect. Listen to me, because we will never achieve perfect. It's about pursuing him the right way. Saying, God, I'm a sinner, but I know what you did on that cross, and my sin is not going to hold me back. I'm not going to be condemned each and every day, because if you're feeling condemned by your sin every day, that's not of God either. He's already set you free. All you got to do is be free indeed. And that's what he's telling. He's reminded. He's reminding Jacob, you are called. You have purpose. And even though Jacob was a mess up, God turned it into a message. Because God's plan will always prevail. One of the verses that I am staying on all my life is this. Proverbs 19, verse 21, and I'm going to be done. You can play the music, end it right now, okay? Many are the plans of a person's heart, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. If anybody needed that verse, it was Jacob. Because while he was scheming with his mother, while he was lying to his father, while he was backstabbing his brother, I think that all others, mother, father, brother, God was still working. And he said, Jacob, if you would just 
just chill, bro. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to make it happen. You're trying to steal something that i already given you. You're trying to deceive your way into something you already promised. If you just let me work, if you just let me be a part of your plans, if you just let me take these uncomfortable situations, this uncomfortable season, and let it be glory to me, man, you don't have to go through it. You don't have to be running now. Some of us have been running for years from mistakes that we did in the past. God is saying, stop running. Open your eyes. You are still loved. You are still called. But you got to open your eyes to see what I'm doing in your life. And you got to stop living in the things that you know are not beneficial for your life. It's time for us to understand that God is still God. He reminded him that he is God. He reminded, Jacob, Jacob was reminded that he was still powerful. God was still powerful. That he's still all-knowing. He is still God. And when that happened, then Jacob did this in verse 16. And I'm done, I promise. I'm probably, I, you got me speaking on Jacob, I'll go all day. When Jacob woke up, you want to talk about woke? He's woke now. This thing opened up. When his, eyes, when his eyes were opened finally to stop seeing his issue and start seeing God, when he woke up, he said, hey, God is in this place. But the reality is he was always there. He finally opened his eyes to see it. What if you're cursing the, the one blessing, the blessing season that you're in? It might be horrible right now. Trust me, I am not downgrading what you're, what you're dealing with. It's, it's probably bad. But what if God is in the middle of it? And we can open our eyes and say, surely he is in this place. I, it doesn't mean, my, doesn't mean I'm dumb to my situation. But surely he is in this place. And he said, I didn't even know it. When Jacob finally opened his eyes to see this uncertain place and he identified what God was doing. Then God can pour into his life. His eyes were open, not to the mess, to the mess he was, but to the message that God wanted to do. Sometimes we are we got we gotta stop telling our problem our God about our problems and tell our problems about our God. But God, I'm dealing with this. He knows. Won't you look at your problem and be like, hey, my God. My God, my God, is bigger than this situation. So I might be in the middle of it, but surely he's in this place. Sometimes you have to wake up when you feel depressed and say, hey, surely he is in this place. Sometimes when you don't know how that's going to happen, hey, surely he's in this place because he never leaves you nor forsake you. If you want to promise that God has for your, fly, for your life, he will never leave you nor forsake you. you got to open your eyes to see what he's doing. Surely he's in this place. He's still the God who heals. He's still the God who forgives. He's still the God who loves. He's still the God who cares for you. He is still the God that brings the broken things and mends them together. Surely he is in this place. I might be in the middle of it, but I open my eyes to see that he's still there. Jacob, a mess up, became a pillar of the faith. 
in the Bible. Eventually, it turns not only from your grandfather, Abraham, your father, Isaac, but then Jacob gets in the middle of it. And you see it time and time, the God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of the mess up. <laughs> so it doesn't matter if God put Jacob part of the plan. There's no situation you're dealing with that you can't overcome. Surely he's in this place. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together. Thank mm-hmm. you.